you're listening to Everything Starts Small, a podcast that explores the lives of impact-driven leaders who had an idea and decided to bring it to life. We all have to start somewhere, and through their stories of beginning, we hope to ease our fear of starting with the simple notion that everything starts small. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are, whenever you're tuning in, I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Everything Starts Small. This episode, I have the honor of sitting down with two people who inspired me from the first email I received from them and continue to inspire me with the love and passion they have for each other and the work that they're doing in a beautiful industry, to say the least. (laughs) Courtney Caldwell and Dr. Ty Caldwell, the first and foremost, they are life partners, y'all, and founders of Shearshear the first salon and barbershop rental app, also known as the Hair b and <laughs> I recently got the witness them present at the first Google for Startups Accelerator for Black Founders, and I knew I had to hear more about their story of beginning. So without further ado, Courtney and Dr. Ty, welcome. Thank you for being here with me. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yes, John, thank you so much. This is going to be fun. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, I I just I, I mean we our relationship has unfolded so quickly. <laughs> what did you say? Like I mean, it seems like yesterday we. <laughs> I know that we were we just talked. being introduced to each other, and now we're all putting on a pair of roller skates. But that's what happened when you have genuine and authentic uh, relationships and connections. Mm. You know, things are things happen in a spiritual realm, so that that mm. that connection is and when it's really authentic and it's supposed to happen. It happens just flawlessly. Yeah. What, what, just, what's the old flows. thing? Yeah. It says you got to always just stay ready. Yeah, just stay right? ready. You just got to stay ready. Stay ready and stay listening because when you hear somebody that has that connection and it has that same energy or that same frequency as you, it's like, why, why wouldn't you lean into that relationship? Mm-hmm. Right? Why wouldn't you surround yourself with those people, especially in a time like we're living in right now? The inspiration is hard to come by. Yeah. And y'all two inspired me so much, you know, from the beginning, because I'm like, man, you know, here here are two leaders who are married and are are leading an organization, a a tech startup together. Yeah. And you're doing it in an industry that's very hard to play in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I'll definitely say this, and, and excuse me for interrupting you, you know, we we understand we are very uh, inspirational to people, and you know it's definitely not something that we thought we were doing. It's it's definitely by accident because first, and I and I said this to an investor one time, our first partnership is our marriage before it's being a, us being co-founders, and we never thought that we were be we were going to inspire people because we just really wanted to build a product that was going to really help an industry. Uh, we were doing something totally different. She worked in the digital uh, marketing world. I worked as an entrepreneur. Uh, but I've always seen that she would be someone that I could work with because of her expertise, her execution skills, <laughs> and just her go after it and go get it done. So when this whole thing with Share Share came up, and it's all in the same conversation of inspiring people. It was a no-brainer. So I think a lot of people try shy away from working with their partners, life partner, married partner. You know, we didn't because we knew that we were going to protect one another, look out for one another, 
and and go after each one's each other's best interests. And so we we definitely believe that you know we're an inspiration, but it was definitely by accident because we were just really <laughs> doing something to really not only inspire ourselves but to also build a product that we knew that we could trust one another to build. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Well, let's, let's... Go ahead, Courtney. I was gonna Go say, ahead. Thanks, John. I was going to say, you know, it's been so beautiful to see other couples start to do this thing as well. Like I'm starting to see other founder groups come out and they're married couples. And I, I love that because at the end of the day, I like the reason why I thought this was super easy, man. And I still remember back when the day that Ty grabbed my hand and said, we're going to go jump off this cliff. And I was like, all right, mm. let's do it and start this thing that we eventually named a sheer share. Um, but I, I'm so happy to see that other people are taking that that leap of faith as well because when i think about who i trust at the end of the day like i trust this man who's not just my ceo who's not just my husband but like really my partner in life i trust them with my life and so if there's ever like a subset of business questions that need to be answered i'm like okay well that's like that's that's something that's easy to you know to collaborate on and so why wouldn't i decide to do this thing with him mm. uh I'm so happy y'all started there because I was like, how are we, we going to get to the y'all relationship? And that y'all, y'all just dove right into it. And that's why I love y'all because that's you. That's so beautiful being a man that's married. My wife, I would, I, I dream of the day that I can work with her. Yeah. And I work with her every day through life. Right. But mm-hmm. she works for Amazon and I'm like, man, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos pays pretty well, so I can't afford her yet. So I'm like, all right, he used baby. to always I, say that. Yeah. When, when I could afford her, I'm gonna, all right, baby, come on over. That's I'm right. For you. Yeah. You don't uh, have. To. So that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you for starting there. I want to dive into this accident and <laughs> and also what you talked about as jumping off the cliff. Yeah. All right. Sheer, sheer. For those that don't know what sheer, sheer is. I think we have to start there because y'all have a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stories of beginning yeah. that we can dive into. Yeah. Right from you know graduating from the Google for Startups Accelerator for Black Founders, closing a round of funding, right? Let's mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Uh, and taking ShareShare to the next level. So let's let's start there. What is ShareShare so that everybody knows what we're talking about? Well, ShareShare is the first uh, B two B mobile app platform that allows licensed professionals in the beauty and barbering space to rent empty space from salons, barbershops, and spas on demand by the day. Hence why people call us Airbnb. <laughs> um, we, we definitely had to take the URL. You know, we had to get that. Uh, <laughs> but we, we definitely understand uh, the lane that we're playing in and how difficult it is. But we understand an opportunity as well because my background is in beauty. My background is in barbering. I've been in this industry uh, for almost 30 years. I've been a salon and barbershop owner uh, for over two decades, but I've been an entrepreneur and passionate about this space all my life yep. since I was about 11 years old. And it was just a gift from God, just based on the sheer um, necessity of needing a haircut because I'm the seventh of eight kids and we just couldn't afford to go to the barbershop and to the beauty salon every week. So, you know, while my mom was braiding and plaiting my sister's hair and, you know, hot combing it, whatever you want to do, I chose one day to pick up some scissors, just some real, you know, cutting paper scissors and took my hand at trying to see what I could do with some hair. And, you know, opportunity came where my brother's friend had loaned him some clippers one summer. 
that I didn't know about. And I found them and, you know, started using them, realized how fast I could get a haircut done if I knew I did create a technique for myself. And that was the start of that. But, you know, just the space of being in this industry um, for that long, we realized in 2012 that the that the um, climate was changing, mm-hmm. you know, just probably seven to 10 years before that, it was 70, 30 commission over independence. And starting 2012 mm-hmm. up to about 2015, that number flipped on its head. So now it's 70% independence and 30% commission. What does that mean? That means independent contractors are charting their own destiny. They're, they're realizing that the, that the consumer doesn't belong to the business, but it belongs to the licensed professional. Mm-hmm. So we started mm-hmm. to realize that licensed professionals weren't wanting to sign long-term contracts. We had expanded and rebranded my salon and we had some empty spaces. And so we were realizing that this industry was, we start, was starting to become more transient, uh, a little bit more less responsible to those contracts and leases, but wanting to uh, maintain their level of service and, and work uh, on the days that they wanted to work whenever, wherever. And it wasn't that they wanted to work whenever, wherever at that point, but we started seeing traction in that because a young lady came by my salon and said that I see that you're an award-winning salon and I would love to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving to the Southern sector of the city and I'm leaving about 15 to 25 clients, uh, depending on how far I go. And I would love to see if you would allow me to work here. But the only caveat was, I don't want to sign a long-term lease. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of the staff. Yeah. I don't want to work on commission. I just want to work by the day. And she just kind of threw me off for a little bit, but I knew that I had empty space. So I went home and I told my wife, I said, there's this young lady that stopped by. She wants to rent the space, but she wants to work by the day. So a, a Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, my wife laughed and we just kind of thought about it. But I told her, I said, you know, we're not making any money. I said, zero to zero is nothing. Right. If I can make something off of this space, then there's a profit mm-hmm. there. So it had went dormant for like six to nine months, maybe up almost to a year. And so I, I called her the next day and said, you know, I love this. I want to give you this opportunity, but I don't know what I'm going to charge you, but I'm, a, I'm going to charge you a premium price since you don't want to uh, sign a lease or a contract. And I need to protect my own assets as well, just in case there's some damage. And I also need to make a little money in between. So I charged her this price and I said, you know, she was like, okay. I was thinking, man, I didn't, did I charge her enough? Because I mean, I did not do my booth rent. I didn't break it down five divided by, I mean, this price I charged for booth rent divided by five, I put a premium price on it. And I was like, wow. But not only that, it it was bigger than the money after the experience. The experience was much more grander than the, the money because I realized that, you know, this person is, an, is a professional, licensed professional, and she feels like she's a part of the team. She feels like she's a part of, of just being on a contract, but she's working with my staff. My staff is working with her. It's, it's, it's really a, a, a marriage that really matches the core product of what we have, and that's a licensed professional needing a place to work, a salon needing a licensed professional to fill that empty space, mm-hmm. whether it be mm-hmm. temporary, whether it be long-term, there's somebody here right now, and it's, it was easy to get used to that, that seeing how this could work. She came back to me, and she said, I had such a great time. She said, I need, I need for you to do me, do me a favor. She said, I, I see a couple of places that I want to go to, but I don't. if I call them, and I have called some places, and they just said no, just flat out no, hang up the phone. Yeah. She said, you've had this experience with me. Could you call these 
different salons and barber spaces to see if they would allow me to work there. And I asked her flat out, why do you choose me to do it? She said, great question. She said, well, I've already, you've already experienced working with me. Mm-hmm. You know who I am. You know I'm a licensed professional. You can speak on my behalf. Mm-hmm. So manually, she wanted me to call this, like, this salon owner and speak on her behalf mm-hmm. just to let them know my experience with her, to let them know how professional she was and all the things that she wanted from them, which was an empty chair or suite. Um, she needed some, a place where she could uh, not chart all her tiles and, and all the shampoo because she used those things. And if there was an opportunity to use back, back bar uh, products, could she do that? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow. She's like, well, Dr. Ty, you, you speak the language. You represent me. You represent me. Uh-huh. And she said, I love the fact that you're a salon owner. Yeah. And she said, they're going to they're gonna listen to you before they listen to me. And plus, the experience has already been done. And so I was like, well, that's a great reason. And I said, well, let me do this right here. Let me give me the list of salons that you want to go to. Let me call them. And just in case they say no, I want to look at the area they're located in and see if there is another salon or barbershop nearby that may say yes. Believe it or not, after calling those salons and barbershops, not one of them said no, but they did have their apprehensions which I was able to appease them in and give them some type of reprieve because of my experience. And mm. the thing was, is that the communication, the community, the level of uh, openness and transparency was something that was unlike I had ever experienced because I've never had to call another salon owner, even wanting to help another uh, licensed professional. So it, it really gave me a lot of learnings and we found ourselves doing this manually for three years. And let me tell you why. Because this licensed professional, we're in the social media space now. So she was posting all her stuff on Facebook. She was posting it on um, MySpace during that time and different uh, other places that she could could utilize as a social connection to clients and to friends. And And they were asking, how are you doing this? And so she told them at this time, now we're going into the, the Instagram. She was like, well, I'm, I'm able to do this because of this one individual and his wife. They're calling these salons and they're allowing me to, to work there. She was like, well, can they help us? <laughs> so now we have a mm. list of other people that want us to help them. And it just became one of those things where we were doing it, but we were making a little bit in between just for, you know, connecting fees and then making sure that we, we bought, bought ourselves some time. But we found it, yeah. it was just too hard over three years manually. And we needed to push them over to a, to a, a platform that could do this. And we knew now by this time it's Airbnb, right. it's Uber, it's Lyft. All these things are coming to place. Task, TaskRabbit, all these things are coming into place. And so, okay, there has to be a platform for the mm-hmm. beauty industry. So there seemed to be at that time an app for everything, everything. else. And so mm-hmm. I remember Ty said, hey, Courtney, because at, at this point in time, John, I'm at Oracle um, traveling to five different continents to manage my contingent workforce. Um, he's going back to school to earn his doctorate degree in professional barbering and cosmetology. We're running our salon, which is the best uh, award-winning salon. Our son is, was he starting high school at this time? Yeah. He was starting high school at this time. So life is, I say all that to say that life was very cool, right? And so we said, um, okay, there's got to be an app for this. There seems to be an app for everything else. Like, go find it so that the next time someone yeah. calls, we can kind of push them in the right direction, right? Yeah. And we looked and looked and searched on Google and we could not find anything. And that was literally the aha moment for us. We looked at each other and said, okay, so what would life look like if we decided to build this? And here Mm -hmm. we are. And here you are. Mm -hmm. 
what's what's beautiful about that story thank you for elaborating so well on you know how you got there because the the beauty industry is very interesting you have you have two types of entrepreneurs yeah. that you're working with you have the salon owner yeah and then you have the stylist yes or the barber yeah they're both entrepreneurs they're both, both of them. doing it for a sense of independence yep. in themselves and you saw that as you started to change your perspective of of salon owners wanting to potentially own mm -hmm. the business mm -hmm. of the barber or the stylist right. versus the barber and the stylist like no you're not going to own my business yeah. mm -hmm. I want to just use your space because that's what I need as a business owner. I need yeah. a space to do my work. Exactly. And you know, it's so funny because if you think about it from a two tier level, it, it, it breaks down into fragments of what the industry is. So you have the licensed professional and you have the salon owner, but you have all these different types of licensed professionals, all the way from a hairstylist, a barber, a masseuse, mm -hmm. you know, makeup artist, um, nail, tech. Uh, nail tech. And then you have these different subsets of, ownerships. So you have your owner operators, the person that's actually the artist and the owner. You have your commission-based salons. You have your franchise salons. You have your salon suites. And then you have your independent contractors that work in either a salon suite or they work in an open chair station at another, at another salon or barbershop. So communicating in a, such a fragmented industry, which is very competitive in the sense because even though it's community, there's still competitiveness in that uh, in that whole community of of different entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, which we, which we call them. We had to, we understood our level of expertise, my level of expertise, and Courtney's level of tech expertise in marketing and digital demand of the marketing space. We understood the language, and so we know that a lot of times people build platforms, but they don't understand their platform and the people that they're serving. Uh, we mm -hmm. did. So we built this in the mindset of, okay, well, we, we, we'll take Ty's expertise brain from both sides of the sector of this business and utilize it. And we decided to say, we can build this. This is something that I think we can do. Uh, how are we going to do it? What, what sacrifices do we know we have to make? And the first thing we thought about was we have to make sure that our mortgage is paid off. We have to make sure our cars are paid off things that will halt us once we get into a position of being put in a corner, times are going to get hard. You have to kind of forecast these, these hard times. And we did forecast it. So we made sure we paid off our house, we made sure that our cars were uh, paid off. And, and so we now have to think, well, what do we do next? Who do we, who, how do we build this? Now, Courtney was working at Oracle, traveling back and forth to Redwood city. Mm -hmm. One day I didn't get a chance to make this meeting because I was on a phone call, but I, I saw her, going into this coffee shop to meet with a young lady. Yep. Her name was T.D. Lowe. And uh, they had a, a nice uh, meeting. And I wish I could have met that day as well. But I said, call that lady that you met with that lives and breathes the startup world. Well, at this time, T.D. Lowe, uh, who's an investor at Fortify Ventures, she told us a long time ago, before we even thought about ShareShare, about the startup world. And we knew nothing about investors. We knew nothing about anything. We were just nothing. bootstrapping. So we told her, you know, we, we have this idea. We called her up. We have this idea. This is what we've been doing for the last three years. Before we take on this project or think about building it, what do you think project. we should do? I love that. Uh, if you say yay or nay, we're going to follow that, that, that path. Mm -hmm. So I told her what we had been doing. And, and she said, the phone kind of like, it ticked. And so she had dropped the phone. 
And we was like, okay, what did the phone hang up? She came back. She said, guys, that's a billion dollar idea. She was like, I can't not believe y'all been doing this for, for three years manually. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, we're not techn- technical. So is there anything you can help us with as far as finding engineers to help us build this out? And she was like, yeah, I, I know a couple of people uh, that have a, a third party engineering firm. They're friends of mine. And um, she was like, do you guys have any type of slides that you guys want can show them <laughs> to build out? And, and and that's funny. And Courtney, you can you can uh, uh, expound on that. Yeah, I'm glad you said that base slides. Right. Because you remember with our little Chipotle napkin walking yes. into that meeting. So, John, at this point in time, you know, like Ty said, we're bootstrapping. Right. We're only doing what we know to do, which is just use our own money because we know that this is a very real problem to solve. And my husband, who I feel is the most unemployable person in the world, um, you know, following his leadership <laughs> and us saying, okay, we got it. We got to figure out how to do this. So we're eating a lot of rice and beans. Fast forward to us sitting at Chipotle one night. And Ty says, you know what, if we're really going to be serious about this, you know, we need to build out, uh, like write down all the information that we keep hearing from the host side, or at that time, we're just calling them salon owners, all the information that we're hearing from the barbershop owners, all the questions that the stylists have for us and what they're asking us, mm-hmm. like maybe a nail tech only one work, only wants to work in a nail salon, maybe a massage therapist only wants to work in a type of luxury spa. And so put all that on paper. What does so, that flow look like? Right. What does that even look like? That user experience has to be super easy, right? But we have to meet um, our users or the stylists where they are, which is on their mobile device. So we took out a pencil and started to draw every screen of the ShareShare app on this Chipotle napkin. So fast forward to us being in Silicon Valley, where TD had introduced us to a third-party engineering team to help build out our MVP. We slide this napkin across the table and say, <laughs> okay, build that right there. And they said, oh, okay. So it looks like we already have something to start with. And so we knew, you know, because of the experience <laughs> in the industry, what the app needed to look like. And so that that literally served as the, the first uh, V1 of the ShareShare platform. And we knew un- we also understood that we had directional data uh, for the three years manually that we were doing it. So we kind of understood the flow at that time yeah. and the experiences. And we knew that it would mature over time, but we definitely uh, had something to give them and they were able to work with us because they had everything. They had design team. They were able to, you know, kind of think about it in a way where they say, okay, well, this this is the behavior of consumers. We just need to understand the behaviors of the licensed professionals. Yeah. Well, th- one of the things, if if I may, that mm-hmm. is fascinating about what you're doing is that you did it for three years manually. Mm-hmm. All right, Dr. Ty, you're a doctor mm-hmm. in this industry. You understand it. You speak the language. You said that very, very nonchalantly, like it's yeah. it's a normal thing. In the tech industry, it's not a normal thing for people to understand the consumers in that way, mm-hmm. that deep of a way. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times, why that technology doesn't exist it's because nobody's taking the time to understand the industry as intimately as you, you two have yeah. been able to. Yeah. To be able to give your time to someone else to help them. To even say, yes, hey, I'll help you go get placed somewhere else and not just try to con- contain them in your space yeah. to make you money. Yeah, There's so many um, aspects of selflessness in your story where you selflessly started to learn about your industry and help other people in your industry. And you did it for three years to the point of then telling this investor your idea and her saying, that's a billion dollar dollar idea. Not only is it a billion dollar idea, you've already validated it. Yeah. And you did all of that without any investment. Yeah. Did it on your own. Yeah. And you did the hard work and that's, that's a beautiful thing. And y'all did it together. 
And yeah. that's not an easy thing to do. And I just wanted to to hit on that. Yeah, and I, and I definitely will say this. I do speak of me understanding the language nonchalantly. And I think because this is something that I've lived and breathed all my life. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if I'm at an airport or if I'm at a restaurant. I can look and look at a haircut. I can talk to a stylist. I can talk to a nail tech. I can talk to someone who just does makeup because that's what I do. You know, I think so many times people build platforms, raise a lot of money, and it fails in the next two to three, five years is because they're just some random person, maybe an accountant, maybe an engineer that wants to build something that's really outside of their lane. And so I think that at the end of the day, they're, they're, I think we all carry some sense of imposter syndromes where we tend to not allow who we really are to exude and to really be uh, authentic. And I think that I lived in that space so long. So I do sometimes take it for granted that I'm in this space and I breathe it and I live it and I, and I chart that course every day. And so when I'm talking to people, I may say it nonchalantly, just, just, just outwardly. And I'm not even thinking, you know what? I know when I'm building share, share, I know when I get up every day, I speak the language, I teach my staff this. And so, um, Forgive me for even thinking that what we're doing is super easy. It's easy for us because we walk in, in this space. <laughs> you live it. Yeah. You live it. It's live your it life. It. Yes. Yeah. Beauty's fed our family for 30 years now. Wouldn't have it any other mm. way. Wow. And that's, 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 that's beautiful. And I, I just wanted to touch on that because as we are, a lot of our listeners, you know, come to this, this show with this fear of starting. And one of the things that's so beautiful about your story is that you just did it as if it was a part of your life. Yep, I want to salon. Yeah, I definitely want to expound on that. You, no one should ever fear starting. Yeah. I, I wrote a, a best-selling book for the industry called Mentor by Failure, and I think mm. that you know everybody has a story, but it starts. Mine starts when I was twelve, and I was playing football, and my coach came to me because. A couple of my friends who were teammates at the time were clowning around. We was getting ready for a big game. And the coach came to me and he said, he said, Ty, he said, you're a leader. He said, if those, if you tell those guys not to do this or stop clowning, they will listen to you. And I didn't think so at the time, but obviously he saw something. But it starts there. It starts with someone seeing something in you and that germinating and growing and building the confidence. And so I, I've always had the confidence to start something and, you know, um, believing in myself, having that confidence, but always also to having a great support system. So I tell people, why would you, what are you afraid of? What's the worst thing that could happen? Right. You lose a few dollars, you leave your job and you have to go get another job if it fails. Mm -hmm. Failure is, is a natural process in life. And so mm -hmm. if, if I would have had someone like me that I could go to when I got out of barber school to kind of help me chart my way through success, I would be far more successful than I am now. And I'm, and I'm happy with my success, but I think that we would get to know ourselves a little bit better. We fail to, to learn who we are naturally because we're afraid to fail and failure only stops you from growing. Mm -hmm. And I think that it helped me uh, because I didn't have a mentor to be able to say, Hey, you know what? I fail. I'm gonna get back up. I, I, I failed and, 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 and no pun on the word fail because you have F-E-L-L, -L, you have F-A-I-L. So no pun on those words, but they both relate to each other because if you fall, just get back up. If you fail, just think about what happened and pivot. That's why so many people 
who are successful, they say the same thing. And I'm mentoring people and I'm coaching people. And, and they're saying, well, you said the same thing that this celebrity said. Well, we're, we understand the language of trying to chart a course to be successful. And failure is a part of that. So being afraid to start is really saying, I'm afraid to be successful. Most people, they, they know failure, but they don't know success. Mm-hmm. And those two are related. So people who, who are not um, putting themselves in a successful category, they have told themselves, maybe I am afraid of success because they recognize failure so well. Oh, you, 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 you got ahead of me, Dr. Ty, because that's, that's, I was about to ask for those words of wisdom <laughs> for the people that may be afraid of, of starting. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. This, this idea of being afraid of success. If you're afraid of starting, you're afraid of success. Mm-hmm. You know, another question is defining success because success can look very different for everybody. Yeah. Right. So thank you for sharing that, that story with us, especially you starting at 12 yeah. with your coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, w- I want to, I want to uh, end it with this because uh, Courtney, you have the luxury of speaking to the both of you at the same time. So um, you got to hear from your, your lovely husband of how he would share his wisdom with others that may be afraid of starting. Um, I want to hear from you. Yeah. You know, I, I think back to, you know, when we started this thing called Share Share and it was scary or for me, I believe, because I was in corporate America and had what they call the golden handcuffs, right? You mentioned your wife at Amazon and Jeff Bezos has, mm-hmm. you know, pretty deep pockets as did Larry Ellison at Oracle. And I, I was very um, comfortable, but uncomfortable. Um, I was comfortable in knowing that I had a steady paycheck every two weeks. I knew the amount of vacation I had negotiated, you know, all the, all the things that you think, um, are going to always be there and you kind of take mm-hmm. for granted until Ty said, you know what, you can do this. You, you can get out there and build all, all you mm-hmm. do is companies hire you to come in and build something from nothing. So we're just doing the same thing over again. And so why would I not do that with somebody that I chose to spend the rest of my life with? Like, it's just an easier conversation, an easier set of circumstances for me. Like if we are sitting down every day and we're looking at our goals list and we, and we do this every what, December 31st, babe, we have like a little staycation mm. for the new yeah. year to prep for the new year. And uh, we have these massive sticky notes and we start you know, jotting down as a family, what are our goals for the subsequent year? You know, what are our physical goals? What are our spiritual goals? What are our family goals? What are our Mm. uh, parenting goals, financial goals, et cetera? And so we were so used to already being in that type of cadence that, again, when we turned on the, oh, by the way, we're also starting a tech company together, (laughs) it was just, uh, it just made sense for us to continue in that same, that same path. Um, So, so my advice would be for people who are looking to start is just do it. Like you just have to put that one foot forward. And I promise you, Every time, every time I thought, oh, this feels hard, you know, it, it's, it, it's always feels uh, better for me because I'm putting all my effort and energy and spirit into leaving this legacy alongside my husband. And so, yeah, there are going to be some days that are not comfortable. There are going to be some not so good days, but I promise you, as long as you get up every day and fight the good fight, you're able to put one foot in front of the other. And it may not be a mile that you transcend for that day. It may just be a couple of feet, but eventually you're going to turn yeah. that corner and there's going to be... Um, something that that's on your the other side of your dreams. If I can, if I can share something else, John, and and leave this with your with your listeners, 
this is a this is something that I would like for them to do, and this is just something that came to my spirit, and I'll be doing it myself. But I need for people to actually, whether it be a dot with a one or a dot with an A, and you know, if they want to just do one to a hundred or one to ten or A to a to, a, to, a to D or A to Z. Make A your starting point. Make your end point your there. Mm. What is there? People don't understand success happens because they made it there. Whether it be running a half a mile, whether it be running a, um, a mile, whether it be you know getting to their first $1,000 or getting to their first $100,000, whether it be losing weight, whatever your starting point is, end it with a there and put what it is that you want to end with there. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to make $100,000. I want to start my own company. When you get there, start again. Okay, I made it here. So where do I want to go now? I want to go there again. So where is there? So always give yourself, okay, this is what I want. And this is my there. There is uh, equivalent as an accomplishment to what your success is. Everybody's success ending is totally different. What, I, what I've accomplished and what I've done is totally different. Somebody just may want to graduate from barber school, graduate from beauty school. I've gone to the top and got my doctorate. You know, some people may just want to, you know, get a suite. I've owned my own brick and mortar. Some people may want to just work by themselves. I, I've, I've employed a staff. So what is your there? And then once you get there, what's the next thing? What's your next there? And that's the growth level of understanding your levels of success. Perfect. And you must have you must have took the, the the words right out of my mouth or the spirit moved in you because that's a, that's a small step. Right. It's this yep. ability to get focused. Yeah. Right. And and take one step at a time. Both of you all said that. So thank yep. you for so clearly articulating that for our listeners. And and just thank you for being here, you two. Uh, that's again, you just inspire me because and you just um, your inspiration in so many ways. And I know you're going to inspire so many people just by hearing your story yeah. of beginning. And this is just the beginning for Absolutely. you too. And I, and I couldn't be more proud. So congratulations on all that you've done thus far. And I just thank you again for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you. This was so much fun, John. Appreciate you oh, having us. This is, of course, of course. And uh, if you want to know more about Share Share. The link will be in the description of this episode uh, to their website and everything else that they're doing right now. And I just want you to, to take their words, listen to them, digest them, um, meditate on them, because I want you to remember, no matter if you're building a hair salon or a marketplace to serve all the hair salons in the world, everything starts small. 